This podcast was produced by Morley Radio. Hello and welcome to Powered by You. My name is Zeno and I'm your host. And this is a community-based podcast that will be used as a platform to raise awareness and talk about social impacts and local trends that actually have an influence on our everyday lives. Welcome to the fifth episode of season two of Powered by You, a podcast produced by RBKC in collaboration with Morley Radio. My name is Zeno and I'm your host. Today we'll be diving into a topic that resonates with many of us and that is the fear of failure. Failure is a universal experience that impacts us all and can evoke feelings such as anxiety, self-doubt and uncertainty. And it's that constant nagging voice in our heads that tells us to play it safe, avoid taking reasonable risks and to always remain within our comfort zones. But what if we could embrace failure as a stepping stone towards success and a pathway towards unlocking our true potential? Um, So in this episode, we'll be exploring the intricacies of the fear of failure with the support of our esteemed guest, Dr. Jay, who is a chartered psychologist, that's been working within the RBKC community for over 10 years and she has profound insights to share on this topic. Thank you for joining, Jay. I appreciate it. If you don't mind telling us a little bit about yourself so the audience can have an insight of that. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, Great introduction. Thank you. I am indeed a chartered psychologist. I work for the NHS in the local area. Um, I also work privately and I'm really interested in digital health technology. I do a little bit of work there. Thank you. How's your week going so far? It's going great. I'm an absolute sun worshipper, so I'm thrilled that we've had some good weather and summer's finally here. It makes work so much more enjoyable. Looking forward to this topic? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, can't wait. Cool. And also, we have the brilliant diva with us, um, who is a young adult and works within the local community. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. How's your week going so far? Yeah, amazing. Again, I love the sun. I've been taking every opportunity to sit in the park. If you don't mind, oh, that's great, a bit of tannin. <laughs> but if you don't mind telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so like you said, I'm a young adult working in RBKC. I'm a specialist youth violence worker, so I work with young adults in the community um, Yeah, and work within the council as well. Great, great. So let's kick things off. So um, together, hopefully we'll unpack the underlying causes of the fear of failure, its impact on various uh, aspects of life, and most importantly, strategies for overcoming for overcoming it. And we'll discover how reframing our mindset, uh, building resilience, um, and embracing failure as a learning opportunity can transform our lives and unlocking our true potential. Uh, so should we, without further ado, um, let's start with our first question is to, I'm going to say this to Dr. J, uh, how would you define the fear of failure? I like the umbrella term fear of failure, but as you said um, in your introduction, it can be associated with things like anxiety, worry, a really intense feeling of what if I fail? I know that sounds obvious. Um, it has a longer name. I may be pronouncing this incorrectly. Um, Atichophobia. So atichophobia is the psychological phenomenon um, of the fear of falling short, making a mistake, 
and experiencing the negative outcomes that can occur when we make a mistake or fall short of our own expectations. So yeah, that's a very brief introduction to what I think fear of failure is. Right. So if you had to break it down to someone within like just um, simple terms, how, how would you best put it in to, uh, into context? I, th- I think it's a fear that manifests in different ways. So fear is the important bit. Um, we're scared to try something or do something because we're worried that we won't meet our own expectations. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, what about yourself, uh, Diva? What's, what's your view on this? Yeah, I, I agree with Jay. I think fear of failure, it can be quite an umbrella term. I think it's it's really normal to be apprehensive and a bit nervous about, you know, new things and taking risks. But I think sort of what we're talking about is when that fear becomes, you know, much bigger and it becomes more of a problem and you start noticing, you know, it's holding you back from from taking risks, from taking opportunities. And I think, yeah, that's sort of what we're going to be exploring a bit more of how how when that fear becomes a problem and, you know, how how we can change it and how we can overcome it great great so now i want to ask something a bit more um i wouldn't say personal but realistic that's experience that we've lived through um can you potentially any one of you lot can you tell me an experience that you had that might relate to experiencing the fear of failure and how did that translate into your actions uh so who wants to go for that oh that's a good one i yeah i i was thinking about this last night and i thought sort of a big one for me was was actually moving to London so before I moved I was I was terrified I didn't know you know there's so many things to think about what if I don't get a good job what if I don't like where I am but it's yeah and it looking back at that time I was so nervous and I was getting a lot of anxiety and I'm I'm a big reassurance seeker so what I was thinking about last night that I remember from that time is is just going up to people and saying what do I do what do I do if it goes wrong what and look at me now you know it worked out great and I'm so glad I took that risk but it was really big at the time and I remember being really scared about all the opportunities and all the options but yeah it mm. worked out do you regret it or what's your view no. now are you a failure or are you not a failure no not at all <laughs> well <laughs> I wouldn't want to answer that but no I am um, I, I loved it and I'm so glad that I took the risk and everything worked out better than I ever could have hoped which does usually happen but you know even though it's not exactly how I pictured it at the time you know a lot of things have changed since then but mm. even though I haven't succeeded in necessarily all the ways I thought I had it's still worked out and I'm still really proud of myself for, for, for doing it and for being here i think that's a big thing that you mentioned moving to somewhere that you're not usually um aware of mm-hmm. or even familiar with I'm, I'm not sure if you've actually visited london prior to you actually making that decision yeah well my my family were from here so i used to come here all the time but it was it was just a, it was a big change and it's really hard to when big changes to predict every outcome and i think that's what people try and do to try and control what they can what they can manage but it's too many variables i couldn't do you reckon you would have done so if you never visited London before? Would you actually continue with that process of moving out to London? I would have, yeah, it would have been harder, but I still would have wanted to, I think, because mm. it's lovely here. Who wouldn't want to live here? <laughs> Debatable, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it's such a good example as well, I think. It's really brave. Thank um, you. That's a really brave step to mm. move away um, and yeah, I, I'm also not from London and I, I remember that feeling of, yikes, 
Yeah. This is going to be scary. Yeah. Um, so I, I think what we're both alluding to is that the fear bit is quite normal. Mm. That when we do something unusual or different or something that's outside of the box, it's quite usual to have fear. But in both of our cases, the fear didn't stop us leaving a place that we were living to go and try something new. And I'm thinking that some of your listeners might be thinking about changing school or college or university. And it's very, it can be scary to leave everything you know. Sometimes what you know isn't even what you like and you know you need to change, but it can still feel scary to change something. So Yeah, I, um, that's really insightful, Jay. Um, do you have any examples that you might share with us? Oh, I've got lots of examples. Of I was trying to pick one. I've had lots of failings. Um, right, right. That's how, you, <laughs> that's how you grow, isn't it? It's absolutely how you grow. Uh, and it never feels good. But yeah, I've got lots of examples. I think the example that stands out the most to me was learning to drive. Um, because I had a plan in my head. Uh, I was saving for driving lessons because my father believed that I probably wouldn't pass my driving test. So I spent a lot of time saving, got a job at a local supermarket, started saving for my lessons. And as we talked about earlier, I wanted to be in London for university. So I had this plan that I need a license and then I need a car and then I'll be able to move to London and come back and see my family and friends quite often. Um, yes, I think I passed on my fourth attempt, which means that I failed three times. Uh, not the written test, might I add. It was always the practical. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Failing, I yeah. think, is is on the road to, to trying to uh, achieve your goal. I think that driving test experience is always something that we all have some fear about. You know, the nerves get to us. But it leads yeah. me to our, to our next question is, what are the underlying uh, things due to fear of failure? Is it something that... Uh, we're familiar with, but it always gets us, or it's something completely new. Yeah, I think it's it's natural and normal to feel a little bit of worry when trying something new. There's probably an evolutionary reason that when something new appears in our environment, it, it creates a bit of a startle response. So we would have needed that instinct to survive. Um, but we have a rational brain and we can know that moving to a city may not necessarily end our lives um, or that trying to learn to drive might not necessarily end our lives. So that that very deep fear that's that's coming from a sort of life instinct perspective isn't really relevant. So that's one thing that you just need to tell yourself that this is not necessarily a life or death situation. It's just a little bit scary because it's new and unfamiliar. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's actually insightful to hear. But what actually manifests uh, the fear of failure into different aspects such as relationships, uh, friendships, uh, maybe just careers? Do you know anything in terms of that aspect? Like how does it end up manifesting itself? Yeah, so what can it look like? I think, um, I think Dave alluded to this earlier that if you allow the fear of failure to dominate, to dominate your thinking and then dominate your feelings, it can also dominate your actions. And what a fear of failure will most likely do in any of those situations that you described, you know, whether it's relationships or career, is that it will paralyze you initially or stop you trying something. 
Um, it may stop you taking risks because you're worried about what what if it doesn't go the way I want it to go. Mm, yeah. Um, and it can lead to a bit of avoidance as well. So in a relationship, for example, if somebody is worried that they're going to fail at the relationship or they're going to fail at being a good boyfriend, they might just avoid even trying, which is a real shame because you don't know yeah, what the outcome is, is going to be. Yeah, for sure. I think we kind of sabotage our own uh, situations yeah. without even knowing. So uh, what about yourself, Diva? What do you think? Yeah, you've touched on something that I was I was going to mention is similar to the um, sort of holding yourself back. It can you Self-sabotage is, is really common. I think I know I do it um, if there's something that I can't control or if I'm thinking, you know, I don't know how this is going to end up. If you self-sabotage, you can control that. You know, you know. Eve, it makes you feel like I'm failing because I want to, not because I'm failing just because I'm failing, you know. And um, I think that happens a lot in relationships or, you know, exams and studying. And you think, oh, well, you convince yourself you don't want it anyway, even if secretly you do. And I think a lot for me as well is is failure comparative to other people's perceptions of you. So I might feel like I failed when I compare myself to you know, something that I'm looking at, but actually, or someone else's relationship or think, oh, I've not got that in my relationship or I've not got that in my career. I must be a failure. But actually others' perceptions of you, usually people aren't even thinking about you as much as you think that they will be. But I think that's something that comes up a lot in a lot of different aspects. Yeah, I completely understand because I think one thing that I do like what you mentioned is taking responsibility. Uh, some people don't tend to like to take their own uh, actions into consideration as to why they're not performing as well and we just tend to blame it or reflect and I think that's something that we need to improve on and consider moving forward uh, but also in terms of um, looking at other people and what they have and what they don't have that that's really unhealthy and we tend to do that a lot recently especially with social media mm-hmm. being present and we get to see people's lives and we ask ourselves how come it's not me why is it the case that I have to wait X amount of years? Is it even coming? And that's where it all starts. And I think that's how uh, you start to sabotage your own um, journeys as you go along with them. So which which leads me to a next question, which is um, how does, well, can you discuss potential benefits of overcoming the fear of failure? Um, I don't know who's best suited to answer that. Yeah, I wanted to follow on from something you said about social media. Um, my brain's like a butterfly, so it's going off in different directions at the moment. Um, one of the pitfalls um, is that you don't try new things. You know, you can become someone that stays in a safe zone. And I think linked to that is, again, what we were talking about earlier, that perfectionism um, can often get in the way And when you're thinking about social media, what you often see on social media is almost a seemingly perfect image or story or outcome. What you don't see is all the failed photographs and videos and editing that's gone on before you see that finished product. So I always think it's it's important to remind ourselves of that. As we were prepping for this podcast, we took some before pictures because I think it's really important to help people see how you get to a particular goal, even if that goal is we're here doing a podcast, uh, it's never plain sailing. So yeah, one of the pitfalls of really not embracing that fear of failure is that you can develop quite an unrealistic outlook on life 
you can end up setting really impossible standards for yourself because if you're expecting something to be perfect um, or you're expecting to succeed at the first attempt, you're actually going to set quite a high bar for yourself. Uh, it's very rare to get something right the first time. And I think the the other side of that, I completely agree with what you're saying. The other side of that, which is what you know, Zena was saying, is when you get over that fear and you stop holding yourself back, you know, you can open yourself up to so many opportunities. You know, you can get what you deserve. You know, what what you've earned. So I'm thinking. For example, you know, the salary or the job that you want, you know, if you're not scared to ask for it, if you're not scared to go for it, you can you can take that or, you know, you've got, you can take risks and start a new relationships, start new friendships. And I think another huge one for me that, you know, when you start overcoming that fear is just this huge sense of pride that you get and, and the self-confidence. And I'm such a different person now than I was five years ago because all of the times I've been rejected, all of the times that I've been let down, I've built myself up from that and now I feel like so much more confident and I love that about myself and I think that's something that it really teaches you you know having to try and having to fail and having to pick yourself back up and I think that's a really that's a really important one that people hopefully should be talking about. Yeah, I com- I understand with the whole getting the self-confidence. The worst that can happen when you fail is someone tells you no or you don't get what you actually applied for. It depends what scenario you're in, right? Um but I think we need to understand that there are certain strategies that you could employ. So I'm wondering what are those? What could we uh, put as an intervention to avoid the fear? Of, not avoid the fear of failure, but to actually live with having the fear of failure. You're going to overcome um, it. Because it's something that is going to be happening regardless. You're not going to be excelling at every single thing that you do. There are going to be setbacks. There are going to be some times of disappointment, but how you deal with it is going to be different. And if you've equipped yourself or preconditioned yourself to deal with failure as a positive thing, as such as, like we mentioned at the start of the podcast, it could be a stepping stone to success or a way to unlock your true potential because you're going to fail and then you're going to find what you're actually good at due to failing previous times in different areas that you thought you'd do uh, good that in the first place so mm-hmm. what is the actual uh the kit that we could use for the fear of failure what's the recipe i think we've all contributed ingredients already um i'm thinking about my driving experience and i think my mother was my biggest cheerleader going you can do this it's all right you failed once twice it's okay just keep trying and in the example that you shared diva you were talking about how you asked a lot of people so what we're alluding to there one of the ingredients is support Um, Choose your friends carefully. (laughs) Um, No, on a serious note, I think, you know, friends, family, people that encourage you are really important. Um, I'm going to repeat again. Fear is normal. Fear of failure is normal. Being around encouraging people that say, it's okay, you've got this, give it a go, really makes a difference. True. Sorry to cut you, but what I... I, um, I see the reason behind why you said having a support network that's actually supportive. What if we have family members or friends? Well, fa- friends, you could always get new friends and you change them. New friends. Family <laughs> members, um, it's a bit tricky because you're going to have to live with them. Sure. Um, they're they're, they're going to be there regardless of whether good times or bad times. But let's say the main things that come out of your family's mouth is words of uh, disencouragement, maybe. They wouldn't mm-hmm. support you. They're always very afraid to take risks and kind of not 
empower you especially when you fail it's the opposite when someone does fail you're meant to give them comfort and reassure them that they can always sure. re-attempt but some people don't have the luxury of having uh loved ones uh that offer that support yeah so how could someone uh deal with that you're right that places us all at a, a different starting point when we're thinking about what risks we're able to take and as you mentioned Zeno what risks we're encouraged to take in response to that I always encourage people to find out a little bit more about their family culture so you're you know to, to have that conversation about well I really want to try this and you don't seem encouraging like what's that about tell me what that's about and what you will uncover through these conversations is that people in your family have taken risks um I work with lots of families and I know that if I ask and explore the stories there's always a story of somebody taking a risk or doing something slightly unconventional so I try and find that connection so yes I think lots of parents um, may encourage their children to be safe to not take risk because it's coming from a place of care uh, and a desire for safety. But if you ask those same parents about times when they've taken a risk or made a decision that others didn't agree with, you'll find that these stories exist in families. So that's really important because um, finding that encouragement or connecting with that story in your own family, in your own culture is really important. Um, and talking of culture, I, I worked for an American company for almost 10 years and I noticed just how much uh, of a cultural difference there was being British uh, and being a little bit modest about our successes to how the Americans really celebrated success. Really? Yeah. How was that? Yeah. I mean, I remember team training events. I mean, they used words like celebration and success and achievement and it's just making me think about how often, you know, if you're a parent, do you ask your child, what have you achieved today? What's the most exciting thing you've learned today? These are all really subtle ways to start building encouragement and support conversations. Yeah, I completely families. agree. Uh, but I think it might be kind of difficult for parents that might not have English as a first language or they're not in touch with um, what is the right way to do things because they're just kind of survival mode and the last thing potentially on their mind is to throw words of affirmation rather than you know they've got family issues they probably have um child care they need to sort out so maybe um understanding how we could put those kind of information out there and and i don't know like workshops information yeah. readily available um because it's a, it might be something that you you might think it's not really effective but it goes a long way when you have words of affirmation uh at a young age yeah absolutely i mean i think we start quite early here with things like encouraging children to brush their teeth we use reward charts or sticker charts so that's absolutely the basis of uh, positive affirmations, you know, rewarding desirable behavior, trying something new. Uh, and then we seem to stop as children get older. But I think we all like uh, words of affirmation. In teams that I've worked with, we've often had, you know, star of the week where we'll talk about who's been a star this week, either nominated by a colleague or by one of your clients or patients. And it's just nice to keep that positive framework in mind right yeah star of the week i remember that star did, did, did you week. get it did, did you get star of the week uh i can't answer that question no. <laughs> <laughs> what about you do i have to ask my colleagues <laughs> i think i uh, know i really agree with everything that you're saying i think something that i feel really passionate about is 
encouraging people to be able to give themselves those affirmations. And I worked with young people, I worked with young children for a long time. And I always tried to say, instead of, I'm proud of you, obviously I would say that, but say, you must be really proud of yourself, you know, try and really encourage that self-belief and that self-confidence because yeah, unfortunately, sometimes we don't have people around us that can offer that support. But I think a, a massive thing towards taking risks and being the best person you can be is being able to tell yourself and being able to say, you know, I've got this coming. I I can smash it. I can do it. And also celebrating the wins. I think it's so easy, especially with success. And when you've got goals to think, okay, onto the next thing, onto the next thing, onto the next thing. Mm-hmm. But actually I think take that time to think, you know, I've, I've, for example, you know, I've, I've moved to London. I've, I've got a house. I'm going to really enjoy that. I'm going to be really proud of myself before I think, oh no, the next thing I need a job. I need a car. I need just actually, no, I've achieved a lot and I'm going to take that time and be really proud of myself. And hopefully people around me will be proud of me too. But I think to encourage that self-confidence and self-affirmations and, you know, I think that's really important. Mm, Yeah. yeah. Um, And so how would you actually view failure as a learning opportunity? Because I think that's what it really is. When you fail, you, you don't need to see it as a negative thing. You could say, why did I fail? Where, where did I fall short on? And how could I improve that so it doesn't happen again next time? So maybe instead of wishing for things to be easier, maybe you should wish for more skills so you can deal with things in an efficient way. So maybe um, people have different things of dealing with stuff. But the most mm-hmm. important thing is to ask here, uh, how can you view that as an opportunity? So how can you see failure in a positive light? Um, Jay? Yeah. Let's reframe what you've just described. I wish we could find another word for failure. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Um, because it is an opportunity. Um, failing means to me not getting it right immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but the word failure seems to have a forever connotation. Uh, I think when people say to themselves, I failed, that's probably not a helpful thought. Um, I would encourage people to say, I didn't get it. I didn't get it this time or I didn't get it right this time. Yeah, I agree. I think we, no one says I failed. It's, it's for example, if things don't go our way, yeah. we might use a different phrase to explain or describe our scenario or situation. But essentially, it means that things didn't go your way. Yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, and, and getting feedback whatever that is, is always super helpful. So if you if you believe that I didn't get it this time, it didn't work out this time, and I need to know why, then again, that changes your frame. If, if you're curious about why it didn't work, why did I not pass my driving test the first three times? Um, mm. Because I thought I could get through an amber light <laughs> just in time. And when I discussed this with my father, he said, well, you probably didn't want to do that on your driving test. You should have slowed down instead of speeded mm. up. So getting feedback, even from people who may not be directly involved, is also helpful. But that comes from a curious place, right? You want to be curious about mm. how can I how can I do better next time? True. Okay, so you want to jump in, Diva? No, no. I was just going to say that I, I really like what you said about uh, failure not being permanent. I think sometimes people can, can view failure and think, oh, I failed. That's that's the end of it. That's it. But it's, it's temporary. Failure is is a process that you have to go through. And it's it's also, it's subjective. You know, failure, you might think, oh, I've, I really failed this, but someone might be watching you thinking, wow, that's that's amazing. And it's it's so different for different people. And I think it's really important to 
to see it as that it's not just something that's happened it's not the end of the road it's something that you can mold and you can work with and you can get past to mm. become successful and to to do the things that you wanted to do that's that's pretty spot on um which i want to ask continuously um how can societal or cultural aspects uh contribute towards the fear of failure because that's there's so many different things to even think about so it's interesting to get people's insights because there's different cultures among, really and truly london's multicultural as well uh but at the end this one society that like for example that you've got different communities they have different perceptions but at the end of the day um some things are universal and some things aren't so it can mm -hmm. it can be quite complex uh so it'll be interesting to see how these two the societal aspect and the cultural aspect can contribute towards the fear of failure that's a big question and a whole nother podcast later <laughs> <laughs> no i think yeah you're right when we talk about culture i think that it means so many different things there's family culture what i mean by that is how are things done in your family have you got a parent that has encouraged you to do jobs or um, carry out chores from a young age have you got parents that encourage you to focus on education have you got parents that encourage you to participate in the household so that's a family culture and regardless of ethnicity or nationality family cultures are pretty different and unique so yeah not everybody starts from the same footing because some children and young people grow up with more opportunity than others and what opportunity does I think um, it allows you to develop self-esteem and self-confidence when from a young age you're encouraged to try new things, whatever those new things are, whether it's new food, holidays, activities, sports, interests. Um, in a lot of places, resources are required for children to be able to try new things. So it means that some families with more resource have children that try more things. Um, in London, I think we're super fortunate, particularly in this borough where lots of activities are available to children, regardless of their socioeconomic uh, status. Try things, try new things. That's absolutely what I encourage people to do. It really grows your confidence um, and you might surprise yourself at being good at something that you didn't have never tried before. I tried digital darts recently and discovered that I was pretty good um, but who would have thought <laughs> surprised myself there so that's um hidden, hidden talent. talent yeah yeah yes. for sure so I think you touched on something that I want to ask a question about you said that there are um certain people that have the resources that could actually mm. uh try different things and explore different cuisines fly to different countries and have that experience. Um, so my question is, what about people that come from a, um, a low social economic background and mm -hmm. a, an area of high deprivation? How does that play into their everyday lives? Are they more prone to experiencing obstacles and playing it more safe and being in their comfort zone? And you know, when I said the start of the podcast, that voice in our head that tells us to play it, uh, don't take risks and always uh, try to be more sensible which means staying in your comfort zone yeah. so is there is there like a strong correlation or have you thought you know um it's just a myth 
What do you think yeah, about that? It's, again, a really good question. It's, it's not a myth. We know that socioeconomic status is correlated. And I'm getting into geek mode now. What that means <laughs> is that, let's say income levels, speaking plainly, um, income levels are related to things that happen. So income levels are related to where you live and where you live is often related to things that you have access to. Um, and as we talked about earlier, things you have access to give opportunities. So we can start to see that there is an unfair divide. However, that doesn't mean if you're from a lower socioeconomic uh, status or background that you can't access these things. In fact, I think London is one of the best cities anywhere mm. for accessibility. You can walk into museums for free. You can travel across London at a pretty reasonable price. You can access courses and activities often for free um, if you're from, um, uh, as you described, a deprived background. So accessing and, and the mindset of, I can access this. This is available to me. This is my area. Even if it's not my area, I can still access things. So that mindset, I think, is really important. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. yes, I think there can be a tendency to stay in the comfort zone because yeah. you feel you don't deserve to access things, perhaps. I think I do like the fact that you said that there are certain things that are accessible to us and we can just access for free, especially in London. There's so much on offer. Uh, sometimes a simple Google search can actually help us f uncover those things. Yeah. Um, but speaking on people's journeys, is there any experience that you want to share with us that you witnessed, uh, not yourself, but uh, something inspirational that you saw someone overcome their fear of failure and actually achieved something amazing uh, in the past? Anyone of you, Diva or uh, Jay? Oh, so or is it a hard question? It's a really good question. I can think of lots of examples. They're usually from work, though. Mm. Um, you're okay. thinking personal, personal. Not yourself. <laughs> not, not about yourself. I'm talking about someone that you may have encountered or someone that you know of. Uh, it doesn't have to be a friend, but it could be someone that you just witnessed overcoming an obstacle and it paid off. Um, yeah. So something, insp something that can inspire people. You know, you always hear people's going through trials and tribulations sure. and they continue pushing. And then at the end, it's just this amazing uh, outcome. Yeah. So there's a patient that I worked with um, when I worked for a hospital in North London and I was training in trauma. Uh, I'm a trauma specialist. And yeah, this person always stays with me because he'd been stabbed in the upper leg. And his occupation was he was a tree surgeon. So for those of you that don't know, this means he climbs up trees with ropes and a pretty heavy chainsaw and chops down those big branches of trees. So mm. being physically agile was really important to him. Anyway, he'd been stabbed in the leg. I couldn't tell you the, the, the technical term, but we were working with the surgical team who believed that he'd never be able to walk again. And that was really devastating news for this very fit young person. He was in his early 20s. And the dedication that I saw from this young man in sticking to his exercise regime, his belief in himself, well, the doctors say that, but I think I'm going to make full recovery. Um, he used to swim. He used to try to hobble around. His mother needed to give him a bath every day. But 12 weeks after working together and, and doing some therapy-based work, really strengthening his hope and his, his resilience, he was walking. 
he was walking and it sounds like a small miracle, but I think that was the first time. And I was a trainee. I was, I was training to be a psychologist and I thought, wow, this mind stuff really works. <laughs> you know, the, the power of somebody's belief in themselves, their dedication to a goal, which is what we've been talking about today, right? That it's scary and something awful might have happened, but this young man was so, so, um, the fear of failure just wasn't there. That's it, actually powerful, yeah. especially when you said the surgeon said this and it's not achievable, yeah, not achi- but it, too just, much it gives us an understanding the power of the mind Absolutely. has a big link to how yeah. you um, plan out your next steps and, yeah. and your intentions always matter. Um, if, you, if you precondition your thoughts to saying that I'm going to be um, in this situation, it'll, most likely you'll be uh, in the situation that the doctor said that you won't be able to do yeah. X, Y, Z. And yeah. that's actually inspirational because it teaches us something that if your mind is set on something, uh, there's a, it equals to you actually pursuing those actions. Absolutely. And, intention, yeah. as you said, the intention was there. Intention followed by action. Yeah, good I, result. I think we, we get that a lot. Actually, I get that a lot as a young person myself and working with young people is, people really take on what other people say. So that doctor saying, oh, it's, it's not possible. It would be so easy for him to sit back and say, okay, it's not possible. Yeah. But because I have young people that say, oh, my teachers have said, you know, you're, you're not going to achieve this. I like, just stop trying. And like, mm. I hate that. And I love when people think, actually, who are you to say that? I know maybe a medical professional yeah. in that in that sense. But, you know, I've, I had a young person that I worked with who, you know, she was expecting, she didn't think she was going to get into college. Her teachers are, yeah, you're not going to get into college. We're just going to leave it. And her journey looked so different. And she she listened to that. And for for years, she just thought, oh, well, that's, there's, not, there's no point. And I started working with her when she was 22. And she got into college at 23. And Amazing. you know what? She she said, I don't know why I listened to them. Of course I can go to college. Of course I can do what I want to do. And I, I love that. I love when people take matters into their own hands and use that as an inspiration to think actually no I'm I'm going to prove you wrong I do like that concept just uh, not taking on board negative thoughts or negative yeah. comments towards you um, which obviously throughout this whole podcast we were experiencing uh, talking about our own experiences or maybe the obstacles and maybe the the setting that you're already in such as the social economic background and sometimes all it comes down to is your mind process it doesn't matter what your situation is if you can have a positive mindset and have and be resilient towards your um, career goals or maybe obstacles that you face, um, it does play a big part. I don't know how uh, percentage-wise it contributes, but it does it does contribute a whole lot than we think. Um, so I think this is it's been a good conversation. I think, and we're gonna wrap it up. And but before we do, I want to ask maybe any final points as any tips that you might want to give to our viewers uh, that we can regarding overcoming fear of failure um, and what lessons have we learned oh closing notes it's just practice Mm. Uh, that's the closing note I'd leave you with that I I invite your viewers to come up with a new name for failure Um, I think it's just practice keep practicing yeah, that's the that's the first and only guidance. I think you just keep keep on going. That's the main thing, right? I I do like that uh, concept because we don't practice things that we preach sometimes. So mm-hmm. um, it's important to keep in mind that concept. I think for me, my final note would be just believe in yourself. There's so much out there 
and you absolutely deserve to take it. And whatever that looks like, success looks so different for different people, but there's so much out there and you absolutely deserve to take whatever you can. Um, and just be proud of it. Be proud of who you are. Be proud of what you can achieve. Like you say, we live in a great place for different cultures and different opportunities and take it. The world is yours and it's you're well within your right to take what you deserve. Great. I think that's a good, good way to end things. Um, so that is it for another episode of Powered by You. If you enjoyed what you watched, please comment, like and subscribe. And if you want to listen to the audio version, it's on moreleeradio.co.uk. Thank you and see you next time. <laughs>